0: Uduwasha City, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow. 800 years ago, the gates of death were broken by the Emperor Immortal. The five key bearers, however, had already unlocked them and walked right through. It is in Uduwasha City they dwell. In. Now, the ghost field breathes next to our reality, lit by the eternal flame of the well of Udu. It is a second skin a place where thought and will struggle against gravity and light. In other places, the dead congregate in the ghost field, but in Uduwasha, the well city, the hell city, they fall straight into the flames. See its glittering districts, Kshitijpur, where the rich plot to buy the horizon, West, where the refugees of two different nations flock, and Pasarhantu the vertical maze of market and murder. And here is Udepath, where the ceaseless temple resides. Its inhabitants, a family, a snake and a god. The temple has stood since before the gods of this world were forgotten. Watch as it turns the wheels of revolution. Welcome to Desperate Retune, an actual play podcast about people who take risks so, they can survive against the arts. Well, hi, uh, welcome back to Desperate Tune and our current campaign of Blades in the Dark called A Candle Ablaze, set in the city of Uduwasha. I'm Tree or Saumitri, I'm your GM, and I will be running this game for you today.
1: My name is Emma, I'm playing Joan, a retired ghost fighter and i use she her pronouns
2: hi i'm Cloe. in real life my name is zohab and i'm he him and i'm playing miraz chakraborty the crew's leech who is an engineer turned cult leader i'm prince
3: he him i play vickers a roof baller and miraz's wife
4: i'm Soap. i play abbas the religious scholar and uh, pain in miraz's side and um uh, my pronouns are he and him
5: oh i actually forgot my pronouns which are all of them um i really don't care
1: so
0: let's briefly set the scene welcome back to uh desperate attune last session we ended having rolled a one on our engagement roll. um I want to note that you should have got another die on that roll because uh, the Hive is at war and that should have mattered. But I'm now going to declare that it doesn't matter.
2: Plus we have that ability that gives us yes. an extra time for when we are fulfilling our gods' desires. Yes, But, but yeah, no takebacks.
0: Uh. Yeah, no takebacks. Exchanges or refunds. So I think... What we will do is, uh, I will kind of like make a note that like I should remember this in the future, so that like at least I remember to ask. But right now, you know, you've rolled the one, right? Nothing you can do about that. So let's kind of like establish like what exactly we intended to do, which is that because the hive is at war, the Har, who is the boss of Morosim is being given a lot more responsibility and she's in charge of a lot more of the logistics and the finance. And she has arranged something to be given to Begum Bushundara as a bribe. And it is the intention of the crew to kind of intercept and kind of change that or fuck, fuck them over in that process or whatever. So that A, the bribe doesn't go through and then B, the hive blames one of its own people for that failure and then maybe infighting will kind of like make sure that the hive grow weaker right Mm -hmm. and so what we kind of learned from Morrison is that goopy and bagha were going to be in charge of this transfer we found out that one of one of vickers's contacts was also somewhat involved in the hive, as like like the hive had asked if they could kind of like take over his turf, and he had said no. But the fact was that that still left some bad blood, and it's very clear that the hive intends to pursue this. It's just that right now they're busy, and that man's name, Imran Pasha. Yes, Imran Pasha. Correct. Right. So. Imran was going to uh, provide support, maybe attack the Hive uh, while you distracted them on this front and kind of come, come to a mutually beneficial arrangement, right? But definitely one of the aims of this was that the Caesar's Temple would not really be involved in anything explicitly criminal. Uh, Imran was going to kind of take that for you. So I think the, the scene that we open on is a place that probably we haven't seen before, because it is in the imperial quarter and it is sir archibald ashcroft the office recently of ilesia uh, and he is at his desk you know it's large mahogany inlaid with leviathan bone which it, which makes the, this desk more valuable than many houses in in uduwasha and he's sitting across from his younger daughter who is elizabeth ashcroft uh please don't call her lizzie and we see them have a conversation of some kind i think that you can see elizabeth is is like strained but trying not to shout at her father because that absolutely will not be acceptable but they finally come to some agreement he signs a document I think he signs two documents, in fact, one for himself and one for Elizabeth. He passes the form to Elizabeth, mm-hmm. and it's clear that the meeting is over. Elizabeth stands up, puts the letter in her, uh, in her jacket, walks out, and we cut to where our score begins, which is Goopy and Bagha are waiting for Elizabeth to arrive. and. The thing, whatever the hive has arranged for Boshundara to take possession of or whatever it is, in fact, it is Elizabeth who is in possession of it at this moment. And I imagine that they are meeting somewhere that two thugs wouldn't look out of place, but nonetheless, someone like Elizabeth Ashcroft would be somewhat willing to like lower her standards to. So I think it is somewhere in the Imperial quarter where it's made to look like a, a tea house and it's got like a, like a garden outside. And these two, these two men are sitting in this garden, kind of like eyeing that tea. Like, do I really have to drink this? And they're waiting for Elizabeth to arrive so that she can be escorted by them to meet the Begum, wherever, wherever the Begum is currently residing uh where is the crew
3: i was about to say i think it would be funny if vickers takes point by just taking elizabeth's place and like going up to them and saying hi but maybe someone yeah. has a smarter plan than that
1: what's good be smarter than that honestly
2: <laughs> i definitely don't have a smarter plan in fact we suggested we just go up to Gupian and bhaga and say hi anyway because they're cool people yes
3: indeed and so, the rest of the crew can be back up, like, maybe you're with Vickers, or maybe you're hiding in the environment. We'll see. We'll introduce you down the yeah. line. But yeah, I think Vickers' plan is just to come up and talk to them. And I think Vickers will want to make a very particular kind of impression here. So, mm-hmm. she will be dressed up, like, like Elizabeth. Like, very formally, very Akorosi Imperial clothes. Not dressed like an a She has, like, a long, somber black dress. Mm-hmm. But... Point is, I will be in some way signaling, right, that I am probably I'm wearing some of the regalia of the temple then, just like basically signaling that I have some importance in Eruvia, some sort of yeah. badge of office that is like, I actually belong here.
0: Well, we know that my the... I th- and I think this is like particularly fitting. The reason that the Ceaseless Temple has... was in trouble with the Hive is that Morosim managed to get you some very special silk that was not meant for you. Right. And he got in trouble yeah. for that. Um, so I think you are wearing that. Right. And it is. All right. The people who know and the Sikhist temple is an old temple, you know, and even if they don't know exactly which temple it is, they can see by your attire that you are someone of high importance in one of the oldest religions of Udu Asha. Okay, then I know what I'm wearing. I don't think it's a red sash in that case, but it will be a sash, and
3: Mm -hmm. it will be an embroidered silk sash with the kind Mm -hmm. of snakeskin text that only Joan can read.
0: Yes. Yeah, On it. absolutely. Mm. Uh, Joan, Joan, what, which of the holy verses have you stitched onto Vickers' sash? Or recommended be stitched?
1: The fifth, which explains how the enemy of my enemy is my
0: friend. Excellent. Very good. So as you enter this place, I think that you are well enough known by the expatriate community in Uduwasha that when, they, when you are seen, you are noticed, right? Nobody's going to come out mm-hmm. and say, oh, hello, it's you. That would be, I think, fairly rude, but people are noticing and yeah. you want them to notice, right? Yeah,
3: absolutely. I'm commanding attention here.
0: I think Goopy and Baga, in fact, if you if you if they see you, they will be relieved because they're feeling incredibly uncomfortable, and you're a friend.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I will step up to them and like, uh, okay. oh, hello, gentlemen. Fancy running into you here. Say, may I take a seat? I understand you're to have a conversation with
0: my sister down the line. Uh, I think Goopy uh, says, yeah, yeah, no, of course, sit down, sit down. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would you, uh. My lady, would you prefer or presume to have a hot tea beverage?
3: Vickers is at first going to insist that uh, you know they don't be so formal, but then she realizes that oh no, wait, they, these people are Iruvian. Maybe I'm supposed to be very formal, and so she'll answer like, "Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine imposing on your hospitality in such a." <laughs> There's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. an equally long and convoluted <laughs> polite response.
0: Yeah, which, unfortunately for you, uh, he was saying because he was very nervous. Uh, and I think yeah. he kind of looks at Baga very confused. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm tea. And then he kind of like very rudely, right, like raises his hand and just waves at a waiter, which you're not meant to do. You're meant to like give them a look and like waggle your eyebrow very subtly, yeah. yeah. And he just kind of says, oh, and not what kind of tea, just tea. But it's brought over. And I think Baga says, yeah, well, we're, we're, we're waiting uh, for your sister. Um, She's meant to be here. I don't know. Uh, we've been here for a little bit, but. Uh.
3: Oh, yes. She tends to be fashionably late, I'm afraid. She uh, she can be a little bit disrespectful in that sense, which I've always disapproved of personally. So you ought to have tea with her. I don't suppose I'm interposing on a business meeting or something. I hope this is simply casual conversation.
0: Mm. I actually th- do think this is a role.
5: Yeah, uh, I think so too. They're not
0: gonna, yeah, they're not going to just like, say, yeah, no, you're invited, right? I am inviting myself. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think actually, right now, you are not in a desperate position per se. This is not a very mm-hmm. desperate situation, right? I think mm-hmm. you are in a risky position. And the risk is that they will be under the impression that you too have joined the Hive. Yeah, and that is why you are here.
3: Yeah, um, I think uh, the action I will roll is consort because I'm yep. consorting with connection, trying to like basically fit in more than persuade them of anything specific. Like, I'm just trying to get them to accept my presence and trust me with a little bit of information.
0: So, yeah, yeah. So risky. A risky standard. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Please take a SS dice from me because I have made friends with Goopy and Paga. I've embarrassed myself a little bit, lost a little mm-hmm. bit of faith them, but they liked me, and I think you can name drop me a little yeah. bit
3: aha uh-huh. yes sure so i will i will uh, name drop i suppose i i will mention your cool invention actually and suggest that maybe they could get to try it out sometime it oh yeah fun.
0: yeah in fact absolutely i mean they are so up for that
3: yeah i'll just casually mention the spring arm invention and like maybe you could try it sometime cool i don't think i will modify this further risky standard okay. i will roll with my assist die and i will roll Thanks. a 6 yeah,
0: I think the reason that this works perfectly for you is that they are still quite flustered and they don't know what's polite, what's impolite, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I think... Uh, Goopy the will the reason why say, I blend
3: in, I think, mm-hmm. so well is that I actually don't know either and I'm just adapting yeah. to them. So I'm making yeah. them feel more comfortable by
0: yeah. by yeah.
3: association.
0: So I think Goopy will say... Um, well... It's business, but you know, it's like the kind of business that, I mean, we're not very familiar with. It's going to be some talking. We're going to... She was actually at, uh, at your charity, t- charity match, uh, Begum Bushundara. She's in charge of that, uh, the committee or the organization, or, you know, they all have these long-winded names. But, you know, it's just amazing, I think. Uh... And then he leans forward and he says, uh, I think Elizabeth has... Manage like a connection with your dad. And I think I think Boshundra is going to be very, very happy with the hive. So, yeah, I think she'll be here any moment.
3: You're all meeting here, Boshundra and Elizabeth and all? Because there don't seem to be enough chairs.
0: Oh, no, no, no. Um, uh, Boshundra said she would meet us uh, somewhere else. I think Elizabeth wants to meet here because... And then he looks around and he says... Because she didn't trust us to stay put anywhere else. Oh dear. Well, I'm. I'm
3: very sorry she doesn't trust you. You seem like upstanding gentleman to me as well, and I can't help but notice. Is she even paying for your tab? <laughs> Vicar says disapprovingly. I think,
0: yeah, I think this is the moment that they will realize that no mention of not paying for their tab, and they will be like, "You mean mm-hmm. she wouldn't pay for this? Shit!" <laughs> like they're looking at like. You know they've probably eaten a shit ton of very expensive biscuits. Each. Yep, and uh, Victor says like,
3: "Oh dear, oh dear, I don't, I don't think either you or I can afford this sort of establishment. This is quite expensive." <clears throat> All right, gentlemen, I have a plan. I will <laughs> distract the kitchen staff, and then you run out. We'll do it to dine and dash. It's a little bit rude, but. Since We don't have the currency, we don't have it. What are we going to do? All right, and I, my plan yeah, is to just great. sweep them into doing a dine and dash yeah. and run out of here, worrying more about not having paid their tab. And yeah. uh, then we can deal with them later. Then they won't be in the restaurant where Elizabeth is expecting them.
0: Yeah, uh, this is you. You are definitely de- in a desperate position now, uh, Yes. because you are you, you will make a scene capital A, capital S. Um, yes. I mean if all goes well they will make a scene and I yes, won't but absolutely. yes yeah. yeah but that's the risk and I also think like part of the the risk here is that like you will make a scene in front of Elizabeth who is who may arrive momentarily right uh-huh. so, yeah but if it goes perfectly if it goes perfectly they will dine and dash
3: and like leave before Elizabeth has time to command them to do anything so that's yeah, my goal yeah
2: can i set you up to do this yeah absolutely I think you can give a signal through the window or something for Miros to cut the lights.
3: Ah, yeah. Perfect.
2: With the wrench, he's outside, he's near the steam valves. He'll just smack, 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 and the lights will go off for a bit.
3: Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Okay, I I will impress upon the two gentlemen. I will lean forward and say, like, now, I don't like to use the temple's privileges, but we do have some at our disposal. And then I will say some some bullshit magic phrase that yeah, 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 yeah. the dude
0: has taught me, and then the lights will go out.
2: Very good. Yes. Uh, hopefully, let us see if that happens. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's I think it's risky standard, and the risk here is very straightforward. It's heat. People will just notice that you are doing this, you know. Um, and it's not even the first time you've been seen doing this, so. Yeah. So
3: for the audience, a setup means that Miraz is going to do a whole separate other thing, and then that will make my action safer if it succeeds. Mm-hmm.
2: There's a standard. Hmm. Should I push myself? That, I'll, I'll push. Let's okay. have some stress going on. No, there's a six. Six.
0: Very good. So describe to me, like, uh, yeah. I'm curious, what, what has Miraz learned from the last time he did this that he's using to make sure nobody. father-in-law is not watching.
2: Miraz kind of takes a look around and then he takes the wrench and this time instead of smacking... Well, last time he smacked it so that steam escapes. Yes. Like he was intentionally doing active sabotage. This time he very casually takes the wrench and then kind of like loosens the spigot in such a way that it'll kind of like... I think in certain districts. Remember where we are?
0: We are now in the Imperial Quarter.
2: I oh, in the Imperial Corridor. Oh yeah. well, wow, mm-hmm. serious shot. Okay, so yeah, this definitely has that kind of thing. In fact, actually, let me rephrase. It's not Steam then. I think they have Sparkcraft here. Ah, uh, right? yes. So that's even better. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the Spark he's outside the Sparkcraft breaker box. And for the most part, um, they aren't particularly like guarded or anything because like most Europeans don't know their way on Sparkcraft anyway, so yep. not much scope for stable test. But like there's certain like fail safes and so on so that if you for some reason like the power does go out it can autocorrect like it has like redundant systems so miras is aware that if he pulls if he crosses this wire and like kind of does some damage here and there then five minutes the lights will come back by themselves and no one will even come out to look at what happened excellent yeah
0: so i think and we should say you rolled three dice that was a two or four a six and a four and the the role that Vickers made earlier was a six and a two. So like these are both like very good roles. hmm Yeah, but now I
3: have to actually make my role, which I'm yes. unfortunately not good at at all, because Vickers is not actually very manipulative, and now I feel like no. I am being manipulative and so I'll have to roll yes. sway.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I was gonna say, I think if you wanted this to be consort, you would only have limited effect in that mm-hmm. um And the limited effect is going from zero to limited, because it's because the lights have gone off that they even feel able to run away,
3: right? Yeah, no, I think it's a sway. I'm I'm trying to pull them into this, like, oh no, we need to be, I mean, Goopy and Baga, they're they're kind of street rat people, right? This is not their first Dine and Dash, so I don't think it's impossible to talk them into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's just not their first, it's just the first
0: one in this kind of locale.
3: Yeah, so I think it's sway, and I think with the lights going out, I want improved position, so it's no longer desperate. Okay, yeah. So, so risky, risky standards standard, then? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And is there a devil's bargain?
0: Devil's bargain. Yeah, I think there is a devil's bargain, uh, which is that there is actually, we have seen one Iruvian on screen who is who's already kind of interested in your crew. And it is the head of house in Nexus and his creepy wax golem. And mm-hmm. I think it will not be the same Wax Golem. It'll be a completely different one. But obviously, whatever the uh, system they use to manage their golems are, all of them have been updated with, oh, these are the people we're interested in, right? Uh-huh. So it's possible that like one of them is in the vicinity. And when the lights go off, especially, like immediately that message is going to be passed back. And then something will come of that forward. That's uh-huh. enough time as well. I- I will take this devil's bargain on one condition.
3: Can uh-huh. Joan notice this wax golem and possibly interfere with it? Because I know she's been
0: investigating so, them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's say that... If you're okay with that, Emma.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: huh. Yeah, so let's say, Joan, wherever you are, you see a wax an immaculately made... Oh, it's the Imperial Quarter? Yeah, you see an immaculately made model of a Deathseeker crow. And these crows are very popular and very, like, distinctive in Imperial cities, in Duskwall and the capital of the Empire. And this is clearly kind of like a fashion statement. right? Like, you happen to have a golem that looks Imperial in the Imperial Quarter. Oh, haha, I am so clever. Um, mm-hmm. And then you look at this and you think, oh, that seems familiar to me. And it's about to take off. Uh, but we'll get to you in a second. So, yeah. Yeah. This
3: gives me one die, so let's see Excellent. how it goes. Very good. And I don't think anyone can assist me because I've already been set up and so yeah. on. So, four. That is a four. So yeah. I succeed, but with yes. some consequence. But with some consequence, yeah. Yeah, so what I want is for Goopy and Barga to just run away. Yes. And I hope I accomplish that. But, hmm I think
0: what you will get is, so the lights go off. Um, it's not really a big problem because people know that sometimes this happens and the lights come back on fairly soon, not a big deal. But in this case, you do hear some clattering and some rustling, right? As these two kind of like get up and make for the door. And I think what happens is that they run out of the door. Uh, Both of them look at each other nod because they've done this a billion times and then run in opposite directions, right? And I think your consequence here is that one of them is running to the hive because that's, that, that's where they work. And the other one is about to run into Elizabeth. So both of them are basically like going to make trouble for you in a second. So it's like two controlled consequences, but you can resist either of them. Uh, yes. Hmm.
3: I think running back to the Hive is kind of kind of fine. Like mm-hmm. That will be a more delayed thing. But I don't want them to run into Elizabeth. Yeah. I would prefer not. So I think I want to resist this. And the way I'm resisting it is with uh, hmm, Insight probably having planned ahead. Yeah. Mhm. And what I planned ahead, of course, is for my team, my people, mm. to help him with an escape route. Go like, no,
0: this way, quickly. Yes, excellent. And
3: yeah. just wave him down an alleyway going in a different direction.
0: Okay, yeah. That sounds perfect. So roll your insight. Yeah, I take a bunch of stress. Yeah, it's a one and a three, so you'll take three stress. Mm -hmm. And I think with this success, you will also make it out, right? Like So um, let us say that Goopy, who is the one who is a little bit more talky and a little bit more more comfortable like in in this place, and it's not a high bar, um, he's the one who's going to stay with you. And Baga is kind of like, okay, I'm out. And yeah. he's, he's, he's off, but Joan, I think this is what you notice. You see, as you know and you've been planning for, uh, Goopy run out, and he's kind of looking in your direction, trying to figure out his options, and he comes dashing towards you. And then you look up, and you see the crow taking all of this in, and you know for a fact it's taken in, you know, the weird power. And if you let it hang out, it'll, it'll see Miraz coming out of the alleyway. And you know, it's seeing you, and then probably in a few moments, it'll fly away, and then who knows where it's going. All right.
1: Normally, when a bird prepares to fly away, you can kind of see it ruffle its feathers and like get its wings loose to like yes. make its first flap, right? Yeah. And I think in that moment where it where it begins to do that, Joan reacts basically on instincts. Uh, grabbing a nearby, like rain pipe, and pulling it towards her, and she is gonna pull herself self up the wall in a very like agile running start to jump
0: for it. Nice, incredible. Okay, I think that for anyone else, this is not even possible because you're trying to catch a bird. But like you have done this, I think before. it's
1: possible for her. Yeah, specifically also because she is using her new special ability, which allows her to perform feats of near superhuman strength or speed.
0: Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you do that, you can absolutely do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was going to say you would have a limited effect, but with the ability, you will get to standard. Mm -hmm. And I will say that like standard effect here is you will stop it. If you were to get to great effect, I think you'd stop it in a way that leaves it largely undamaged uh, and suitable for further investigation if you wanted such a thing. And I think you're in a risky position here because I think you risk... The rest of your team can still catch uh, Goopy as he runs towards you, but you risk kind of being separated from them for a moment. And basically, it will only really be Abbas and the Roofball team who are free to convince him to go with them.
1: Okay. I will push for effects.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are you rolling?
1: It will be a prow roll. Makes sense. As I'm trying to get to it quickly. Yeah. Uh, risky position. Effects. Great, because pushed for effect. Lovely. Is there a devil's bargain? Oh, man. For an extra drag.
0: Is there a devil's bargain here? I think a second crow is not fun. Um, so let's, I think, say that... This crow is of particular interest to your um, the person whom you are going to be speaking with on behalf of the Chandlers, uh, because you you were to- you convinced uh, the old man who had been in charge of this project that you could figure it out, and his apprentice was the person. And I think the devil's bargain here is that if you. If you don't capture this perfectly, you will get off to a rocky start with her. And if you do capture this perfectly, it's still going to be bad because the work with this will take over whatever it is you were meant to do with uh, with her.
1: Oh, right. So, so it's like, ah, with you ruined another.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> another of our our creations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I have.
3: I have a question and possibly another devil's bargain if I may interject mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joan's special ability is monstrous, which lets you do a feat of superhuman athletics or look like uh, or look like scary in some capacity. Mm-hmm. How do you envision that looking scary thing because I feel like it could be a devil's bargain in that direction too
1: well it actually it actually fits with the ruining another mm-hmm. another construct thing pretty well because what I think is going to happen is that she moves with snake like speed, mm. but also unhinges her jaw. <laughs> uh, yes. So, like, she's not going to catch this thing. No. She's going to eat it.
3: Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. Very then good. this devil's bargain is actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool.
1: Not only did we grab another of their constructs, we ate another
0: of their constructs. Yeah. I yeah. be really <laughs> annoyed about this. Um, mm-hmm. And so, even if it's the case that, like, you managed to do this in a way that you can, you no. Know, Remove it or whatever, like it will still do do some some damage, and they won't be happy. About it. But you are eating it at the end of the day, so yeah, risky. Great. Yeah. The three, yeah, three or five and a three, yeah. So I think I know uh-huh. what happens here, which is that this is like watching an adder striking at like something that is too fast for the human eye to see, right? Like there is something happening here that you can't see, but the snake just goes for it. and It turns out there was something there and now it's eaten it, right? Um, I don't actually know if birds get eaten by snakes in this way, but I do know other things are. Um, and that's what we see, even though Joan is a person. For a moment, actually, we see the Eternal One in Joan's motion. And as Joan opens her jaw, the crow almost doesn't notice the danger that it's in because it's so focused on fulfilling its directive. And your mouth closes on it, Joan. And I think that um, you've eaten Ferrero Rocher, right? What's that? It's like a golden bowl chocolate. It's, it's oh, a chocolate yes. with. Uh... Yes. It's like crunchy on the outside, but um, like ideally like soft on the inside. And then it's got a hazelnut at the mm-hmm. center. Um, yes. This is really what this tastes like. It, these are te- these <laughs> are the textures, right? It's a hard outer shell surrounding the the steam and the the somewhat almost hyper uh pressurized liquid, and then there is like a a device at the center uh that is kind of powering it. and device is not exactly the best way to put it, but in the moment that you're eating it, you know that's what you're going to think and it's, by the way, delicious mm-hmm. um. And you realize that, like... You don't know whether it's because you're channeling the snake. You don't know whether it's because you are slightly monstrous. You don't know why. But it's great. Um, And, yeah, I think the risk here will be that, like, you will be so kind of consumed by enjoying what you've just eaten that it's going to be, like, a little while before you can return to... uh, everyone else you're just going to be like oh my god this is amazing and uh... and we mark this not as a temporary harm just because it would be funny <laughs> yeah we can absolutely <laughs> i mean yeah absolutely and i think um brief aside i'm drawing entirely on a childhood of like when my parents or my grandparents or someone would come back from abroad and like these chocolates used to be like rationed right? Like, you could have one yeah. every oh, yeah. other day, but what you really wanted to do is just sit down with a box and just go to <laughs> town. Right?
4: Um, so I long- will
1: mark my arm, sit down and with a crow.
4: Yeah. I, I used to uh, very, like, I used to savour it by eating each layer, like, individually. Yes. Like, oh I, my would, God. I would crack the ship.
0: I did the same! I did the same! <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very funny. Um... But yeah, so I think the taste lingers long after you've finished, right? Um, But let's say that like, given that I said great effect here was going to be that you could have it somewhat undamaged, let's say instead Mm -hmm. that you gain some insight into the way that these devices are made, right? And it is not an insight that anyone who doesn't eat one could possibly have amazing right but like i think you know now like how the various bits of it interact and how that might influence the way that it behaves and only maybe you know that question mark i don't know if other people have eaten crows but certainly you know now that you've done this that's like i don't know what that insight is yet we'll come to that but um that's what you've got amazing okay abbas you see Joan just fucking like, shimmy up a yeah. uh, roof, and then like, like I think the roof itself kind of um, obscures what she's doing. Like the she's behind where the lip of the roof would be, right? But you definitely mm-hmm. see Goopy kind of like heading your way. And Miraz, I think because this has been planned, you're coming out of the alleyway at the same time potentially. But the only way. That Goopy is going to have, um have have like, the only way you're going to be able to convince him to come with you is if there's more than k- kind of, like, one person there, and, like, he can be like, okay, fine. So I think, Abbas, right now you're in a position where...
2: I mean, I was saying, like, while Miraz
4: gets over here, I can just uh, yeah. uh, stall him, I guess. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. It's like, oh, like, oh, Goopy, why in such a hurry where are you going Huh? uh oh abbas baya um and
0: i feel like uh we have actually kind of established that like they're on good terms with all of you right yeah yeah this is abbas baya. i uh well and i think he's thinking to himself and you can see this on his face <laughs> is it okay to tell a holy man that you ref- that you failed to pay for a meal and ran away from it that, like,
4: sacrilege? I, mean, I, I I know, though, right? I, I can leave yeah, it to yeah, that. Yeah. Like, that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you have the face of someone who's got into a little bit of trouble, Goofy.
0: It's not trouble. It's just that, like, we were meant to be waiting for Elizabeth, I and mean, she just didn't turn up. And, well, I didn't know that we were supposed to pay for the food. I thought Elizabeth was going to pay for the food. I just don't have the kind of money. It's, it would have been, like, two or three coins just for that meal. You know, like, I, I don't have that kind of cash on me. What kind of cuisine is it? Um, it is very expensive tea in business.
2: Yeah, it's Akarosei. It's like tea. It's biscuits, uh, then, biscuits, then little sandwiches. Then Abbas would consider this direct action.
4: Yes. Like, uh, I think Abbas, I you know, just uh, a bit of a laugh. It's like, uh, uh, no, no, you know, just... When I was young, I got into so much trouble myself. And i understand, you know, over here in the Imperial Quarter, everything costs an arm and a leg. And, uh, hey, it's okay. It's okay, Kupi, you, you know, you're up to be so skittish, aren't we? Right. Uh, but, stealing from the, I could not say, I think, can get you into trouble over here. you sure you probably come with us to the temple?
0: Uh, no, I have to... Um... They can't get you there? Yeah, I think he looks around he's like he swears and he says oh, he's, I'm Baga's just bolted back and like I, I have to meet Elizabeth if I if I don't meet meet Elizabeth it's going to be a problem you know like we, we like it's a really important job and I don't want to involve you in all of this Abbas Bayer. like it's you know you, you don't want to be tied up in all of the kind of stuff that we do you know like because and Miraz they'll, they 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 know what duskwall is like you know but I think
4: Goopy, uh, Goopy, uh, don't don't worry too much about it. Look, I I think right now like, when the when the restaurant calls the police, you're like what, what are you going to do? I think it's probably best you come with us, and uh, you know, I mean, Vickers knows Elizabeth; she can when You need to meet with her. Vickers can just uh, let her know where you are.
0: Yeah, I think this is the role here uh, to kind of convince yeah. him that you that they should go with you, and I think that. Currently, actually, you're in a fairly controlled position. You've rolled, like, fairly well, you know. There's not, not much okay. of a problem, but you're at limited effect because you will convince him to stay with you in this moment and continue to talk and not necessarily immediately go, I have to find my boss or I have to find Elizabeth. But convincing him to come back to the temple with you is not something that he's necessarily going to be moved from because I think both Goopy and Baga, while not necessarily the brightest uh, people in the Hives employee are definitely prized for being single-minded and like kind of focused on the job. All right. So, uh, uh, what are you rolling?
4: I was going to say consort, right? Because yeah, you know, I'm, I'm being like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm your friend. Oh, yeah. You can trust me. It's fine.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely consort. Absolutely works. Though. Uh, that was a five and a three. I think that I will first tell you your success, which is that uh, he will think for a moment and say. Yeah, well, I guess I should probably—I should at least wait, wait for Vickers because he's probably still back in the restaurant, and I shouldn't just leave you alone on the street. Okay, fine, I'll—I'll I'll stick around for a bit, but I won't promise that I'm going to come back to the temple or anything. I can take care of myself, you know.
4: was yeah, just a suggestion. You know, just trying to help out a friend.
0: Yeah, yeah,
4: and well, I of think, course I don't want to get in your way.
0: Yeah, and I think your controlled consequence here is that. Okay, I'm going to make a clock, and I'm going to call it Hive Reinforcements. This is a four-step clock. Uh, And I think I will tick it once for this consequence, because essentially the more time he can keep you here, the more time the Hive has to hear from Baga, and then send people and try and figure out what's going on. Um, Mm -hmm. So I will make a clock, and then I will tick it. And I will flag that unless this is something that, like, you would really not prefer, Elizabeth turning up is going to kind of be a um, an ongoing problem, right? Like, it's always going to be the case that she's yeah. heading here. Um, and I don't want to take that away. I don't want to take successes away from you. But I am flagging that unless everything goes literally perfectly, running into her is very likely.
3: Uh, I thought we wanted to run into her. Does, don't she have the bribe that she, she does. wants? Yeah. She, that we want? Yeah, she does. She does. Yeah. So I think we want to run into Elizabeth just under our... Like, the way I see this role is, it's not that Abbas is looking after Goopy permanently. It's that we have some bolt hole where we hide him for a little bit with, like, yeah, yeah. an NPC.
0: Uh, so right, he's just
3: okay. out of the way for a little bit.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. I think, yeah, in that case, what he's doing now is, he's kind of saying, I'll hang out with you. And if you want to come with me and whatever, then I'll figure that out. But uh, I don't, like, if, if I just like go with some random NPC, I might get in trouble, right? So, probably, there's probably a little bit more work to be done to convince him. Huh? Yeah, but for now, he's not going to get in touch with yeah. Elizabeth, which is where we want. Yeah, exactly. And Elizabeth is being quite fashionably late. So, you have a little time here. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh,
3: I think the next step of our plan is honestly to confront Elizabeth to like, you know, her people aren't here. Yeah. Her uh, right. Yeah. So I think what the the way I want to play this at least is that Vickers didn't get up in the in the dine and dash sure. like she hasn't actually ordered or eaten anything yet. Sure. So she's not in trouble. You know, she she sat down at their table uh-huh. and then they ran away. But she is very visibly like people have seen her right. Yeah. She has very visibly not eaten or drank anything. She was just like, oh hi yeah to some people yeah, yeah. so uh, i'm just going to be sitting at their table when elizabeth shows up i think this is the coolest way to play this so i'll just be there and her goons won't <laughs> and
2: i think before elizabeth shows up miras wanders in and then he kind of sits down as well and gives vickers a smile and then immediately reaches for the biscuits and stuff for macros <laughs> that are still on the table and starts eating them. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> great
0: yeah um The lights come back on, you know, a couple of minutes later. You hear someone mutter under under their breath, uh, oh, shoddy Iruvian uh, workmanship, as if it was Iruvians who built this. Um, And then someone kind of pokes him and says...
2: uh, We are not in agreement.
0: Right. I think someone pokes him and says, uh, hey, my cousin was in charge of that. Um, Because obviously no one... Like, everybody who works in the Imperial Quarter is also an expatriate. So... Like, there's a little, like, conversation going on off to the side. And I think Goopy is, while he is distracted, he will miss Elizabeth walking towards the cafe. He's going to, for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. be facing Abbas. Not for whatever reason. For literally the reason that Abbas planned this. Be facing the other way. And we just get this shot of Elizabeth walking into this cafe. And she's immaculately dressed. In fact, the reason she's fashionably late is that we saw her with that letter in that jacket. She then went to her house, which is in a different place from her father's office. She changed, put on a completely new set of clothes, put the letter into the new jacket, observed herself in the mirror to make sure she's immaculate, and then she made her way here. Right? Absolutely. What color is she wearing? Yeah, no, I was going to say, I think she is wearing... I think House Ashcroft traditionally has been,
2: let's say... I know what she's wearing. Oh, go on. Last time we saw her, she was wearing a reddish shade of black. Yes. Today, she's wearing a bluish shade of black. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And she's got, like, just at the hems of her... She's wearing a a very stylish jacket, model after the Leviathan captains. Um, I don't think House Ashcroft... Prince, you can tell me this. But it seems to me that House Ashcroft does not have a Leviathan hunting ship or a concern of that kind.
3: No, I I think so. I have given the family like a little bit of backstory mm-hmm. to flesh them yeah. out, and it is the case that they used to, right. But they have been like kind of down on their luck. Yeah. So like a couple of generations ago, they had ships and stuff, but now the airship is kind of their yes. hope to like re- revitalize the family and get back in the business. So at the moment, the airship is like
0: what they have. Yeah, absolutely. So I think. She is wearing a jacket that is inspired by the Leviathan Hunter captains, but it's not actually one that would be worn by a Leviathan Hunter captain because it is made of like the most like soft silk, you know, wouldn't stand up to a stiff breeze, but it looks incredible. And she, as she walks into the uh, cafe, kind of looks around, nods to someone she knows, and she's looking.
4: She's looking. Where are these people? Wait, is
5: that my sister? And so blows out our brief candle. I named the disciples of the ceaseless temple thus, with both their false names and true. Saumitri called Tree as the GM. Zoheb called Clow as Miraz. Prince as Vicars. Emma as Joan Adiyat called Soap as Abbas Lades in the Dark and the original inspiration for Udo Asha by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions Iruvian Playbooks by John Stone Metzger Jalandahar intro music by Kevin McLeod Outro music in Keeravani Ragam by Yusri Nivas. Follow us at Desperate Attune on Twitter or email us at attune at gmail.com Support us at ko-fi.com Desperate Attune